Hello and welcome to another episode of PSG Talking. We've got a reason to celebrate. PSG are through to the semifinals of the Champions League, the first time since 1995. Many of you probably weren't even born yet. But it's a huge occasion, so we wanted to get a reaction podcast. Um, I'm your host, Ed, as always. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Joining me, as always, fellow PSG Talk contributors, James Teague, Eduardo Raza. James, we'll start with you first. How are you doing? Where did you watch the game today? Well, uh, I'm doing great. I've, I've uh, never seen this before, not because I'm... Not because I was born after 1995, but I wasn't definitely wasn't old enough to know what a soccer ball was at the time. Um, I was watching the game um, at home, right here, uh, on my second screen. While admittedly I should have been working, uh, I left a meeting and told my coworkers, "Hey, uh, the PSG game's on. <laughs> I'll catch y'all in a minute." Uh, and then. I had to run to a doctor's appointment, so I got in the car with my wife and had to turn off the game on my phone and had to listen to it on the radio. So um, as things were happening at uh, various lights and traffic stops, I would kind of just get a little glance, try to catch a replay of things. Um, and it really got interesting because I, as I was sitting in the uh, parking lot of the, of the hospital, um, watching the game on my phone and my wife texted me and said she was done that was about 65 minutes into the game and it took i didn't get home until the game ended so i was listening to it on the radio and uh, you know since we know what happened trying to sit in traffic and i was like here uh babe hold this so i can kind of glance over and see what it looked like when it happened uh so i was a little bit all over the place yeah, it definitely sounds like it. And, uh, Eddie, how did you catch the game today? Eddie, we still got you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I just had to unmute. Um, uh. I, unlike James, I, I took, uh, I took you know, the day off. I um, <laughs> let my uh, coworkers know I just made some type of, hey, landlord excuse. Um, you know, <laughs> typical apartment stuff. Um, and yeah, I was, I was thinking about doing it next week, but I, knowing myself, I'm not, um, I don't know, I'm not, not I guess I'm in, in Mark's camp where I'm, like, cautiously optimistic, maybe, like, we've been down this road before, like, I don't, I don't want to risk saying, okay, I'll, I'll call off when it's the semifinals, no, I, I don't think we can do that with PSG, I don't think we can plan, you know, two steps ahead, and so I decided, you know what, I'll, I'll take the day off today, and, and first 80 minutes, so I know we're going to get into it a little bit. I was like, I was regretting it. I was like, damn, it's, it's just going to be heartbreak all over. Like, at least at work, I can listen to it on the radio. And like like last year, like when I was listening to it um, on the radio uh, against Manchester United in that second leg, I can be, you know, I guess work will occupy my mind. and let don't let all the anger go out. But but yeah, I was just at home watching it alone because big, big time matches, I don't like watching it with people. 
people are talking like my phone is I don't even know where's my phone I just like to focus on the game and and just myself and emotions I don't know how you guys are when, when these type of big matches are. I just like to be alone because I, I if it goes wrong then you know it, it can turn sour really quickly but yeah I was just I was just here at home alone um, so let, let's talk about the game a little bit so PSG went with that 4-3-3 formation no Mbappe started on the bench, you know, nursing that ankle injury. But we'll talk about him. He came on in the second half and, and was spectacular, I thought. Um, overall thoughts on the lineup, pretty defensive. Um, but Tuchel didn't have a whole lot of choices there. So we'll, we can kind of go quickly through this. Uh, James, any changes that you would have made to this lineup, considering who was even available? Um, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, yeah. Um I I know uh, I know Guillaume was was not pleased to see Idrissa Gay uh, in the lineup, right? And uh, and Ty was optimistic. I, I'm not saying that Ty. I you know I don't want to put words in Ty's mouth. It, it he seemed to give him the benefit of the doubt, and he gave me hope. Um, going through the chat, I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. It's a new day. Um, but I. I've never been on the he's useless train until today. Yeah, I was when I was watching the game. I was like, "Yo, what is he? Are we? What's happening? Like, no, we need to get him out like right now." Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a change I would have made, I suppose. Um, I don't know. I I thought Paredes should have been in the midfield to start with. I'm, I'm not a tactics guy, you know, maybe he's not a great defender, but, you know, I mean, Andrew Herrera was serviceable, but to me, Gay was, was not. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I would have started looking there. I mean, I don't, I don't know that we had too many other options anywhere else other than, you know, seriously, who, who was actually going to start Chupo? Let's be honest. Like, yeah, the, the man did what he was supposed to, what he was supposed to do, but he, nobody thought he was going to start the game. Um, but not not that he did. So for anybody who hadn't seen it as of listening to this, he did spoiler not start. alert. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in in the back line, we didn't have anybody else to put in there. Um, you know, Dagba is hurt or hasn't played at all since like January. Zob was hurt. Yeah, so like you know. Do we really have any other options other than putting Paredes in there and maybe putting Draxler on instead of Sarabia, which I wouldn't have done either. So, yeah, I kind of kind of want to agree with James. I I wasn't the biggest fan of Ander Herrera while he was in the in the game. I thought he was just there, like you know, just another body. I would have gone with Paredes, but same. I, I I don't I don't maybe there's a reason behind it. Like like James, I'm not a tactics person either. I, I don't try to I don't pretend to be one. I can understand it, but but I'm, I'm not gonna dive full into it but i mean i i had no problem with them. i mean there's there's injuries to deal with sarabia you know we'll, we'll get into it in a little bit but he again serviceable just another body same with the cardi uh but overall i mean not much we can do the back line was pretty good you have to put in marquinhos in the mid uh but yeah it's not 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 too many to complain um it was everything aside from Paredes and, and Herrera swap that I would have made or I would have liked to have seen or just start the game. It, yeah. it was uh, it was you know, what, more, what more can they do with, with with the injuries that they had in the suspension? Absolutely. And so let's talk about that first forty five minutes. 
you had Neymar just blew chance after chance. I've never, I mean, it was Cavani S, the, these misses. I mean, clear on goal, you know, and he was just missing, completely missing the goal. I mean, he did everything up to, you know, controlling the ball, attacking, running with it. I mean, the stats are unbelievable. He just couldn't finish. Um, so talk a little bit about, about uh, Neymar's performance in the first 45 minutes, James. Um, you also had Mario uh, Palisic with the, the early goal, really nice goal from him. Um, PSG went down, you know, 1-0. Uh, but talk about Neymar's performance and just overall PSG's performance in the first 45. At halftime, did you have hope that this team could come back? Uh, I'll answer that last question uh, right off the bat. Did I have hope? Yeah, I had hope. Okay. Uh, I wasn't necessarily – I wasn't completely optimistic, but I was listening slash watching saying, you know, we still got a chance. We still got uh, people in our back pocket. Um, you know, tail of two halves, we can turn it around. Um, I, I won't – I won't get into like how it progressed through the second half just yet, but the first half with Neymar, I was it was a double-edged sword, right? Because you're yeah. like he's creating chance after chance after chance, and he's missing these. So uh, I'm I'm thinking, you know, then I'm starting to go to basketball. I'm like, well, you know, maybe he's just a volume shooter. <laughs> like you you keep putting him on frame, one of them's gonna go in, right? We got to get one of them's got to hit the back of the net. But then at the same time, then my ire starts going around to the rest of the team. It's like, yo, you know, we got 10 other people out here that's actually supposed to be responsible for, for helping this man out. And we got these, you know, so I didn't want to hold it too much against him that he was missing these chances because it was like, well, I don't see nobody else doing anything. But you're Neymar. You got to, when you're, when you're, when you got a breakaway and it's one on one with the keeper and you're two minutes into the game. Uh, we we kind of expect you to put those away, and yeah. when you don't, it, let's just say it's glad. I'm glad we ended up with a W because if we didn't, mm-hmm. we are talking about Neymar in a completely different fashion. Um, they, we're we're we would be amplifying those misses uh, much more, mm-hmm. even though I still think they were somewhat of a big deal. Uh, I would like to think that even if the game would have went the other way, that uh, I wouldn't be too critical because, again, he was doing everything up to that point. You know, million-dollar moves, 10-cent finish. Um, And hopefully, you know, next week he'll get a little confidence back. Maybe we'll have the yips when he's sitting in front of goal and he'll just rip one, put put one in early and – we'll see that same kind of mentality that he had the entire game. Because what I really did like was when they were going into the attacking third mm-hmm. and Neymar didn't get the ball, he was pissed. Mm-hmm. He's throwing his hands up like, yo, give me the ball. And I I really enjoyed that from him. Uh, I wish he could have got on the score sheet. But um, his attitude and his work rate, at least offensively, I thought was unparalleled. You could tell that that man did not want to go – yeah, it it was definitely vintage Neymar, but the memes, the snarky tweets, everything that we're used to seeing with Neymar and his detractors was was already starting. You know, just from all of those misses. And you're right, PSG lose this game. He is getting roasted. That meme of him looking confused last year against Manchester United on the sideline. 
you know, it would have just blown up. And there was that photo of him after one of the misses where he's just face down on the pitch. I mean, that would have just been the image until next knockout stage or whatever. So thankfully, things turned out well for PSG. We don't have to listen to any of that. We'll find out who PSG play in the next round. Um, Eddie, what did you think of that first 45 minutes? Uh, when Neymar missed that clear-cut chance, what is it, like 10 minutes into the game? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought that was like some kind of type of like pronostication where it's like, yeah, this, this is a one symbol from the football yes. gods. It's one of those symbols where it's like it's not going to be your night. Mm-hmm. And then you saw the other miss that he had that where, where he just shovels by the Atlanta defense and you know it just goes wide and it's just like yeah it, it, and then the second the first goal goes in for for atlanta and or for atlanta and and it's just it's like a backbreaker it's like it's like you know and i'm just kind of having flashbacks to last year against united where it's like of course they get the first goal it's like they, mm-hmm. psg can never get that first goal where it's like okay we're feeling good about ourselves let's let's play our game no now we gotta we, we have to we're trailing the game and and it's just but kudos to Neymar. Neymar was trying. He was creating everything. It was, pretty much the offense was going through him. And oh man, I, I'm a big Icardi fan, but uh, he was again another body that was there. Sarabia, I know you're big on him, Ed. Mm-hmm. He was just another body there, and it was just like, and I don't know who was. Uh, it's just uh, the tweets were all. It's all meshed together now when you look back at it. Oh. But I know someone was saying that Neymar. It's just Neymar up there by himself trying to defeat the the Atlanta defense mm-hmm. and and that's what it felt like those first 45 minutes it was just him trying to make something trying to create something but just I don't know like I, I know they've only played two you know official games uh but man it was just everybody looked off or the whole I'm talking about the attack but it's just it was it was frustrating to watch um those first 45 minutes when it came to Everybody who's trying to create offense aside from Neymar because they just they just looked off. They didn't look like they were match fit. Yeah, I'm a big fan, like you said, of Sarabi, and I think he didn't have a terrible game. At, I think he was just out muscled a lot of the time. He wasn't physical enough. I think where he is good is coming in as like a super sub. You could tell in that first 45 minutes, especially the team really missed on how Di Maria and his playmaking ability. Um, there's little outside of the boot curling passes to Neymar. You know, maybe he could have missed three more <laughs> goals if uh, Di Maria was out there. Uh, but luckily, you know, he was suspended. He'll come back, um, whoever PSG play. Um, so I think that'll be a huge boost. Plus, maybe if we can get Verratti back. I don't know if he's already been called out for the next game, but that would be great if we could get him back as well. I think the, the offense will pick up a lot. Um, going into that second half, so PSG are down 1-0. Um, Tuchel made a couple subs throughout. Um, just looking at some of the stats here, you know, Mbappe came on in the in the 60th minute. A lot of the other subs came on after that. Um, there was the injury to Keeler Navas. Um, what did we'll, we'll go back the other way, Eddie? Talk a little bit about what you thought Mbappe brought to this game. Was he what you expected coming off that really bad ankle injury? Did he just outperform your expectations, or is that about what you expect from him, even with that injury? I, you know, we, we, we follow all sports and usually great players, whether it's like sickness, injuries, great players can somehow muster some type of abnormal or super, 
you know abnormal ability or it makes they just look like they're not human like we've seen it in in different sports where a player is sick or they have a really bad injury but somehow they play through it and and they're effective they're not just they're not they're not just there um i just for example the raptors last year Kawhi leonard was pretty much playing with with one leg mm-hmm. uh in the finals and i think he's still effective so like great players can can still be great even if they're at 80 70 percent i'd rather have mbappe at 80 70 percent than than no offense ed but sarabia who was out <laughs> there but uh uh yeah he, he was he was what i expected the game completely changed i know i was watching it on on through the end of the spanish um mm-hmm. uh uh telecast and they were talking about how mbappe could take advantage of you know just atlanta's defense because i think uh, i'm trying to remember what they were saying but there's just like they were saying that this this the way um atlanta was defending is it's made for mbappe though he can exploit you know just by his speed that he can he can exploit the defense and you saw a little bit he was creating especially when he came on um there were a couple of chances he helped create and then obviously he helped generate that um was, i think it was that the the triple multango um but yeah no he, he was he was i was i was saying you know what if you can play 45 minutes just sub him in right away when it was halftime just because i mean neymar was just out there by on an island by himself but but no just to get back to the original point no he, he's He's a great player, superstar player, and and that's what I expect from superstar players, even though when they're even though they're not like at 100. percent Yeah, and you know James and I we're, we're football guys, probably Eddie too. You know, and we're used to seeing players out there injured. You know, and I, this is what you want to see from your superstar. Clearly, an injured ankle. He puts it all on the line for his team. He comes out there, and I think it was like a minute into the game, he already had a shot on goal. How impressed were you with Mbappe's performance, being able to run on that on that injured ankle and, and put in the kind of performance and clearly was the difference maker? Um, I, I was really impressed because, I mean, I, I, I was writing some articles where some doctors or some team, uh, team trainers were like, you know, there was one, I'm trying to remember, he's, he, I think he, he was a health trainer for Zenit and he was talking I, I, when I was when I was looking at his quotes, he was saying, you know, I, he's, I think, I think it was Axel Witzel mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. someone else. He said that they had the same type of injury as as um, Mbappe, but they were in two or three weeks. They, or you know, I think in two weeks, two and a half weeks, they were ready to come back and, and be effective. Not not as effective as as they are at 100 percent, but at least have some type of impact. Mm-hmm. And so, just reading those type of quotes from from you know people who've gone through this with athlete, athletes, it. I kind of was hoping he can do the same on on a on an iffy ankle. So when he came in, that's like one of the first things I was saying. I was like, how explosive is he? Can he can he you know just run past the Atlanta defenders? Uh, he he still show, he showed signs of it. He can, he can at times I think he he knew when to accelerate. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, no, I was I was really impressed to see like in two and a half weeks to to. to play you know in a champions league game after you know after such a a horrific injury yeah that was bad james what did you make of mbappe's performance one of the more legendary performances from a psg player i'm sure in in the 50-year history of the club yeah um you know akin to to what eddie's saying you know big time players make big time plays and big time games and um the i we, we saw him warming up at the half and at 
this point, you know, Atalanta is pressing again. You know, they, they're thinking they're about to get a second one and put the nail in the coffin. And I'm sitting there in the car screaming, what are we doing? <laughs> I, look, I let him go right now. Mm-hmm. I think we were like 50 minutes in. I was like, look, I don't want to wait another 10 minutes. Just put him in the game. Because, um, you know, I, I expected him to be effective. Um, maybe not a superstar, but effective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when we first got an official um, prognosis on how long he was supposed to be out, it was two to three weeks. And yeah. uh, what that said to me was two weeks. You know, they said three to hedge, but look, you're like, this, we're talking about a dude that can't stand to be subbed off even in the most meaningless of matches. It's like, like a five-nail blowout. Not, yeah, like his his leg would have needed to be broken, ankle, you know, hanging on by a thread for him not to have got out here uh, in this particular game. So I, I, I expected him to be a difference maker. Um, like you said, when he first got out here and he had the – he had a shot on goal, which I forgot to mention. That was one of my biggest frustrations is that this was the second goalkeeper. And it was like, since when Since when does – like, I, has our second goalkeeper ever been <laughs> any form of an octopus ever? Like, nobody, nobody – and that's why I thought this was going to be like, oh, I mean, if we get – if you told me we had ten chances, I'm thinking like seven of those are going in on mm-hmm. the backup. And Mbappe – you know, goes near post on a goalkeeper that doesn't have that much experience. I'm thinking, you know, maybe not. I I don't know. I don't know. I I don't, I won't judge him on that. I wasn't there, but I was a little disappointed because I was like, oh, so we got Neymar who can't get in and now we got Mbappe who can't get in. Like now what else are we supposed to do? The Cardi's off the pitch. Like we can't, we can't win here. Um, but I, in short, I was impressed. I'm glad that he was able to still use his speed. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he would. I thought he might be a little timid with challenges coming in, just because you know the last time he got, of course, the last time he got tackled was uh, criminal. <laughs> and um, you know he he showed his he showed his resiliency and and he brought a element to the game that we were missing. Neymar needed a running mate mm-hmm. and. We got him one. Too bad it took us an hour, but you know that was the circumstances we were put in. It was very clear that they didn't want to bring Mbappe on for more than 30 minutes, and so they brought him on in the 60th minute. Real quick, I just want to mention the comments from PSG president Nasser, where he basically, not basically, he said Neymar and Kylian Mbappe, they will never leave these two. So, you know, buy your Mbappe Neymar jersey now. They're never leaving PSG. Sorry, Barcelona. Sorry, Real Madrid. You know, they're not leaving. According to the president, and PSG definitely has the money to afford both of them. Um, let's get to the goals. Two, kind of two scrappy goals. Uh, Marquinhos in the 90th minute was just in the right place at the right time. PSG were kind of pressing. Time was ticking. Atalanta had kind of shut up shop a little bit, parked the bus, whatever uh, metaphor you want to use. And, and they were not. They were just off their game plan and were just trying to hold on for dear life. And PSG were pushing and. The ball bounced around, and Marquinhos got a foot on it. The future captain of PSG scores. Um, Eddie, 
when that goal went in, were you thinking, all right, we got him, extra time, maybe we could do something? Or what, what was going through your head when Marquinhos scored that goal? I don't know, because uh, I was checking Twitter, and I was like about 10 seconds, a little bit under 10 seconds behind. Like, well, when, when uh, Atalanta scored, I, I, I was checking Twitter, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, somebody you know, tweeted out that. Yes, you're down one nothing, and then like ten, like I just look up and and they scored. So I was maybe a few seconds behind, and then I seen someone just tweet out Marquinhos. Like that was it. Like I I was like okay, I'm not gonna, so I'm not gonna refresh. Somebody just said Marquinhos. And I'm like yeah. okay, what? Well, I'm gonna leave it there. Whether it's good or bad, I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm not gonna refresh it because I didn't want to get another uh, load of tweets. So I was like okay, something happened with Marquinhos, mm-hmm. and then about ten seconds later, you know. He, he he scored the time or the tying goal. At, at first I thought, okay, don't tell me he got sent off. Mm-hmm. But then you know he, he's the one that scored the the tying goal, and I was like, okay, okay, now now we got we got extra time. I think you know now everybody, you know. Then my head went to thinking, okay, can't Kylian Mbappe play? You know, an extra mm-hmm. time period. So I'm like, oh, oh, that's then, a good point. It, it, it would have like my, my 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 mind was going at you know 100 miles per hour. Um, so I was just thinking way too far ahead, but but I was like, okay, maybe we we have some luck or something, you know, either it's gonna be cruel heartbreak or we finally have some luck. So that's what was going through my mind when I when I seen the Marquinhos. I was just it's either more heartbreak, you know, thinking we we can advance, or you know, things are finally starting to turn around. Uh, Lady Luck's finally on our side. So that's so that's some <laughs> of the things that were going on through my head. And and as I mentioned, I at this point my phone was like up and my face was buried in my hands and I just look over and I see my phone all these tweets notifications I'm like this is either really good or really bad and I kind of just like peeked at it and I saw Marquinhos score and I was like yes like in my cubicle so James what was going through your mind when that goal went in for Marquinhos were you like optimistic or were you thinking still a lot of work to do like Eddie said can Mbappe even go in extra time is he gonna just run out of gas what did you think you know that I the uh length of Going into extra time and wearing about Mbappe, that never, never. even crossed my mind. Um, so, you know, kudos for you for being that rational at, at the time. <laughs> right? That's uh, Eddie. I'm even, impressed. Yeah, because that, even even now, like until you said it, I was like, man, I didn't even, didn't even consider that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was... I was ecstatic. I'm hitting the roof of my car and the wife's <laughs> Looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, what? What are you doing? It's not that serious right now. Um, but I was not. I I was thinking, all right, you know, we we're gonna have to play for extra time. I did look at the replay, and at the mm-hmm. time, I was like, oh boy, we just got lucky. <laughs> but whatever, I'll take it. Uh, and you know, I I in my head, I went straight to penalties. I was mm-hmm. like. We're probably gonna have to go. We're probably gonna have to just make sure they don't score again, because you know, if you if you don't score, you can't win. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, all right, well, we got Draxler, we got Neymar, we got Mbappe, we got Paredes, mm-hmm. uh, and we got Bernat. You know, there there's five right there that I feel confident in taking PKs. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that it wouldn't get to that, but that's where I was at. 89 minutes and some change uh, when, when Marquinhos snuck one in. And then the moment everyone will talk about was it two minutes and change into stoppage time. Chupa Moting had come in for 
the Icardi, who was really lackluster in this game overall, came on for Icardi in the 79th minute. And what will be the substitution that will go down in history is one of the best of all time in PSG history. So Chupa Moting, again, right plays at the right time, gets on the end of a pass, sticks a leg out in stoppage time, scores the winner. This is a guy who has just been ridiculed for that one miss, forget how many years ago it was, where he stopped the, the ball from going in the net from his own teammate. Everyone's seen the video and the gifts. And, you know, this is a player who came from Stoke, you know, just kind of always been the laughing stock of PSG, to be honest with you. Um, he uh, His contract is not renewed, from what I know, and he's just sticking around to play in the Champions League. And thank God that he did. Um, I tweeted mm-hmm. out that it's, I'm so thankful that people will remember him now for this goal and not that mistake that he had at, in a meaningless game. This is what he will be remembered for. So when that goal went in, like I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. When that, when that goal went in, how you saw Thomas Tuchel. Let's start there. We'll go with Eddie. You could see Tuchel's reaction, and he just screamed. I've never, you know, people talk about Jurgen Klopp, whatever. I have never seen passion like this from a manager. It just seemed like all of the, just, all of the just anger and, and the frustration of the past couple years just came shooting out of his mouth as he screamed. Talk about his reaction and what it meant to him and also Chupa Moting's goal. Um, I think that, like, you, you hit it right on the head. It's just, I think it, it looks like frustration from last year's disappointment against mm-hmm. Manchester United people second guessing him then had him injuring himself and it's just like mm-hmm. I think he just I think and that's one of the first times you see Tuchel kind of show that type of emotion and he it's just it all came out at once it was just he went from zero to a hundred really you know, <laughs> that was it like he just let everything out and you can tell like I, I've seen the I've seen you know the, the, the replays of that just him just screaming at the top of his lungs yeah. Um, and it was just like, and I, I wasn't like that, but my emotions went zero to 100 too. It's like, finally, like, yes. So like we finally catch a break. It was like you said, it was a, it was not the best looking goal, but it went in. And usually those type of goals, those type of backbreaking goals go against us. So it was just finally. And I think that was probably Tuchel's mindset too. Like finally, like it, it's something went our way. And so... You know that's that's what I think that's what's probably was probably going through his head. It's the competition that he's judged on solely whether he can advance or not. And if Chupa Moting is a step behind and doesn't get his leg out, maybe Tuchel loses his job. The memes start, the criticism start, the media questions. I mean, just the bombardment on him. Just that one goal. All of the pressure comes off his shoulders. He's got PSG into the semifinals. You know. Laurent Blanc didn't do that. Unai Emery didn't do that. I mean, this is a huge deal and a huge weight off his shoulders. James, what did you think? Just watching Tuchel react like that and, and also talk about Chupa Moting's goal. Well, I think um, when I when I saw um, Tuchel's reaction, it was more of, well, he broke his foot before, <laughs> and if it wasn't broke then, doing all the jumping around he would have been doing, he would have broke it, he probably would have broke it then. Um, he, I, I think, you know, there's something about that particular game outside of all the context that, that went around it. Just 
in a in in an elimination game where you are 30 seconds from losing where you know whether your job's on the line or not you're 30 seconds from losing you get a glimmer of hope and you're like okay the the job is not done we probably still got you know 30 more minutes we got to go and we still got to put this thing away till you know 180 seconds later <laughs> you're winning the damn thing like it, I don't care what you know what fan you are if you're just a fan of football in general the roller coaster that you were on where you're like ah oh, yeah here here you go PSG blowing another one there you go they're about to lose to to Atlanta and this is why they can't ever win anything we can't have nice things to oh well, they made it interesting well let's see if they can hold on to it to like oh Oh, oh no! They're for real. They yeah. they just went out here and and won this thing at the buzzer. You know it it that that was my game six of the Heat for me. Like I really didn't care about who who was gonna win that series. But when Ray Allen hit that shot, it was like the greatest thing ever. And they, they that's what I saw from from uh, Trooper Moting. And like you said, I, I'm glad that he's gonna be remembered for this. Mm-hmm. And for Tuchel, I'm glad for him because even if he did lose his job mm-hmm. history is not kind to the details mm-hmm. what happens is you lose your you lose your job and as you're trying to find another one all they look at it and say okay you had two champions league, league exits mm-hmm. and you had Di maria neymar and mbappe and you couldn't find a way to get it done like that that right there it it's lost to time with who was hurt, who was sick, who was suspended. You look at the roster and you look at the result and you say, he didn't get it done. How am I supposed to hire him and think he's supposed to get, like, if he had this star set of talent, how is he supposed to take my mid-table team and turn him into into something great? So uh, I, I'm glad his his legacy is not tarnished. I'm glad Chupo Trap House uh, <laughs> uh, revived his and I had forgotten about his goal, the the the, the blunder before. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think Chupo will be it'll be kind to him too, and I don't know, maybe you you give him an extension now, just just for saying just just, just to say thanks. <laughs> just a one year deal, sure. And order your Chupo Moting jerseys, everyone. He's given us all a lot of joy. So if you can <laughs> if you can afford it, go out and order order one. I wanted to ask you guys, open up a little bit. The media coverage, obviously, Atalanta is everyone's darling. They're like, oh, this team, they play this cool style, and they score lots of goals. They're out. PSG has a really likable team. Say what you will about Neymar. He has done everything right this year. He's a fantastic footballer. He's just brilliant to watch. Mbappe, you can't say one negative thing about him at all. Like, the guy is just absolutely perfect. Um, Angel Di Maria... Thiago Silva. I mean, they have a really good cast of characters. Will the media ever get behind this team? Ever? No, you guys. No. Anyone take this one? Uh, you want to go ahead, James? No, no, you go ahead. You you take this one first. Um, I don't think so. I mean, uh, I was watching yesterday just just to consume some type of content. Um, <laughs> our friends over at ESPN FC. And of course, the the British. Uh, actually, Steve. Actually, Steve Nichols 
picked PSG if I remember correctly. I was I was like okay. I had to rewind it just to to to, see, to just hear if I heard correctly. Like he's going with PSG and he actually did. Craig Burnley, um, our other favorite uh, pundit, mm-hmm. uh, obviously went with Atlanta. So I mean I don't think so. And you saw some of the the, the banter from you know the, the Bleacher Reports and other uh, you know Twitter accounts that like to use PSG. She has a punching bag, mm-hmm. and and I don't I don't think so. I think you know I think they're still gonna go with that. It's easier to get likes and clicks. Everybody, I think there's more people that don't like PSG than do, mm-hmm. you know. And and I think they just want to cater that to that you know audience. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And especially if they play like Leipzig or some other underdog in the next round, they're gonna be all about Leipzig, even though they're kind of shady. Two. So it'll be interesting if we match up against Leipzig, who has the moral high ground there. But uh, James, what do you think? Will the media really ever get behind this team? Again, we've got Mbappe. There is n- you cannot criticize him. He is the most perfect human being that's ever lived. <laughs> like, why can't it's, you get behind this team? See, Ed, it's not about that. <laughs> it's not about that. I, I think what this what this boils down to is um, how other countries just look at France in general. <sighs> like England has this this rivalry with France just in general. So anything that, that's good that comes out of France, England's not having it. And that's why their of, food is such crap. They don't you know they don't know what good food is. I wouldn't I wouldn't take it there. Ed. You can have you can have our, our UK listeners and uh, and contributors. Yeah I think Matt's gonna have a word with me next time yeah, he's on. Matt I didn't say that. They but most of the at least the American viewers, you know, that that's where they get their in- information from is coming from UK who already don't just there. The UK is not ever going to embrace PSG ever. And as long as they are the driving force for us Americans, the at least our population at large is also not going to like PSG. You will have to go somewhere else that is maybe a little more favorable looking at world football in general mm-hmm. um, in order to get that. I mean, that's why around here, you know, everybody's Barcelona, Real Madrid, and pick an EPL team. They're starting They're starting to get PSG jerseys, though. You're seeing it more. They are. More. They are. Unfortunately, uh, those people that are starting to get PSG jerseys are not fans. They are... Yeah. Uh, they want it for the fashion, the Jordan brand. Yeah, they're they're fans of the brand. Mm-hmm. They're not fans of the game. Right. So, you know, until we start winning a whole bunch of stuff, then nobody's gonna nobody's gonna like us fondly. But even then, once we start winning a whole bunch of stuff, then you turn into the Patriots and you know the Golden State Warriors and in Alabama, you know, people just mm-hmm. they don't like you because you win all the time. And then they also don't like you when you're supposed to win all the time and you don't. So you know, you can't win. You can't really win. Um, I was just looking for the tweet to wrap up this little segment here. The ESPN tweet where they're like, oh, PSG won, but they mentioned how much money that the club has spent since QSI has come in. So you're just seeing a lot of just those backhanded comments about, yay, little, you know, PSG finally won after spending so much money. And it's just... It makes you wonder if PSG does win this thing, what are they ever going to get the credit that they deserve? I mean, they've beaten no. Dortmund, they topped the group with Real Madrid. You know, they haven't had it that easy 
you know, they played the hottest team in Atalanta. They're going to have to go through maybe the best defensive team in um, Atletico that knocked out Liverpool. So it makes you wonder, what is it going to take for people to finally give PSG their credit? Um, you want to take a game? Yeah. Sure, uh, I'll try, because uh, I don't think they're ever going to get their credit. Yeah. Uh, most most people don't like to give credit where credit is due. Um, I think the again history is not kind to the details. So when yeah, I think it's a catch twenty two, right? Like if PSG just go off on a tear, then People are going to look back and be like, oh, you know, PSG was always good and they just, that's just what happened. Or uh, Dortmund and Atlanta are going to regress back to the mean <laughs> and they're going to look back and say, ah, oh, well, you know, historically those teams are not good. So how hard did they really have it? And they're going to look at Real Madrid and be like, well, they didn't even, they didn't make it to the semis. So like, you know. Who do they play? They ain't played nobody, Paul, is, is what is, is what's going to happen here. Um, I I don't know what they're going to do, or what, what they're going to be able to do. Short of, like, be a Leicester, pay nobody, and show up and, and win. And even then, somehow, mm-hmm. people still try to knock them for not doing things the right, right way. I, yeah, people you, conveniently forget that Barcelona spends a lot of money. Real Madrid spends a lot of money. Manchester United spends City a lot, spends a lot City. of money. And for some reason, the money thing is always attributed to PSG, and it's always oil money, which is more natural gas money, so they can't even get that right. Uh, Eddie, any thoughts on this before we wrap up this uh, topic on the media coverage of PSG? Uh, I mean, I think, I think we're beating a dead horse here. I mean, yeah. it's just... They're just never gonna gonna embrace PSG. Even like you just said, even though that it's quote unquote oil money, it's natural gas. But even then, in 2020, they really don't rely on that anymore. So it's like you're you're insulting us for something that happened like in 2015. You know when they were actually relying on, on that type of income. But now they've struck new deals with Nike, Accor, et cetera, et cetera. So now they're you know it's a club that yeah. can run by itself with, on, on what it brings in. So Jordan it's like. Brand. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's just if people you know want to keep I guess saying inaccurate stuff, then go ahead. But I think I think I think we've kind of come to the point where it's where it's like okay, the, the media, the, the you know maybe not the casual, but the, but you know fans of other clubs from the EPL, et cetera, et cetera, are just not going to embrace PSG, and that's just the way things are going to be until uh, things change. I'm calling it right now. Leon are gonna beat Manchester City. I Watch would it. love it's going to happen. That. <laughs> it's that definitely is, gonna happen. I, I told Mark on Twitter, I said if, if it's an all French final, the UK is just gonna sink into the ocean. <laughs> it's just gonna they just their heads are gonna explode, they're not gonna be able to handle it. Um, but that's that's what I would like to see. An all French final just to make everyone angry. Um, one final thing that I wanna get your guys' thoughts on before we uh, get on out of here is um, the club's all-time leading scorer, Edinson Cavani. He could have very well been a part of this experience. I think he deserves it, given everything he's done for the club. What do you think was going through his mind when he saw that Chupa Moting goal go in? You think he wishes he was still on the team? We can go with James first. Yeah, do I think he wishes he was still on the team? 
Uh, I mean, in, in some sense, yeah. I mean, I wish I was on any team that was winning stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially if I was playing for him. Uh, but at the same time, I think there's not too much regret. Because, I mean, he had to have seen this come. Not Maybe not Chupo being the one to score it. But, I mean, he had to have seen a scenario in yeah. which this was coming. And he opted not to do it. And I know there are many people that will bash him for it and say he should have did this, he shouldn't have did that. And that's a topic that we can discuss at a later date because um, I've, I've got many thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. But I... I think he wishes he was there because it's a it's an amazing moment. This is what he's been working for, working towards, you know, since I don't even remember when he got to the club, but you know, it's ever since he was playing winger with Ibrahimovic, and he hated it. And but at the same time, he made his decision knowing that PSG was very capable of winning this tournament. So I, I think that he he kind of he made his bed, and I think he's okay with that. I think he's probably at peace with the decision he made. I mean, you see him; he he likes to go back um, and he's, he's and on the farm. Yeah, and you know, do all that kind of stuff. I, I don't. I really don't think he's worried about about this. You know, mm-hmm. he's 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 a mature and rural in, individual. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's probably where his head is at more so than I bet he was probably out on the farm and just happened to turn and see, oh, look, PSG won a day. Isn't that great? And then turn it off and went back to doing what he was doing. They had to send it like via carrier pigeon. He doesn't get cell service out there. <laughs> Eddie, what do you think? You think uh, Cavani wishes he was still with the team? I don't know. Like, I, 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 like I've, I've written articles on him, you know, with him and his representatives and the, and the type of money he's asking for, the, you know, the contract. That he's that he's demanding, mm-hmm. and um, and I think, and again, I don't, I, I hate to paint, not just paint a picture of him. I, like I'm trying to take from both sides the way he was with the club, but then how he is, business wise, mm-hmm. because ultimately the reason why he left is this business decision. Like they weren't going to offer him a long term contract, and at 33 years old, I mean, we saw him breaking down. Mm-hmm. He, he did. I guess his representatives or himself said, you know what? As much as I love the club. I'm not going to be here long term, and I need to secure my last big contract. So I think he just made a business decision. I, I'm pretty sure he's happy for everybody there, but what he did is just straight straight business decision. And and I can't fault him for that because, you know, he has one. Yeah, at 33, he has one last big contract that he can swing for before you know he calls it a career. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he wished he was there, but um, I, I'm pretty sure he had a. Uh, whether I think it's his half brother or someone like that is his agent. Yeah, yeah. Somebody must have whispered in his ear and said, "You know what? This you love the club. The club loves you, but ultimately the club's not going to secure your, you know, financial future. And and you know, after you can injure yourself, and then you can be out of a future contract. So uh, uh, that's why I don't harp. I know there's some people who are 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 sour on him because of that, but you just got to take a step back, remove your your fandom." And understand that it's just pure business and sometimes as much as we love sports the business side is ultimately what what rules in the end yeah, yeah I think, and, and just yeah. to add to that i think it's it's uh, more it's like you know it's not like he grew up being a psg fan and this was the club of his life you know he's been around the block 
And he, let's not forget why he came to PSG. Mm-hmm. He didn't come to PSG because he was a fan. He came to PSG because he was getting paid and he wasn't getting paid anymore. <laughs> so it was like, the the relationship was, you pay me money, I show up, put the shirt on, mm-hmm. and I score goals. You don't pay me the money, I don't put the shirt on, and I don't score goals. That That's how it works. That's it. Yeah, um, if I remember correctly, in January, I think Cavani is just the victim of a series of unfortunate events. I think in January, he wanted to go to Atletico Madrid. They wanted him, but PSG thought, mm, we got we to gotta keep you for the Champions League. You're good for depth, and we don't really need the money that much. Then coronavirus hit. Champions League gets pushed back beyond his contract date. PSG never really wanted to extend his deal. As Eddie mentioned, he was breaking down. And so ultimately he walked. And so I think if the Champions League had its regular schedule, he would have been with the team, been happy. Maybe he scored that goal today. Um, do you guys have an opponent that you would uh, like to see? And then we can head on out of this uh, show. We'll go with James. Who would you like to see in the next round? Um, just for you, Ed, I'd like to see Leipzig. Okay, there we go. Uh, Eddie, who do you think? Um like the part of me says Leipzig just because they, they did lose Timo Werner but mm-hmm. then I just I think I want them to face Atletico just because I I want PSG to say we beat mm-hmm. you know the best quote unquote best you know best club left in our group and, and I don't know it's just I don't maybe maybe it's just the PSG fandom in me that that's just like I that, that just wants to see them go through the best club to get to, to the finals. But then there's the other side of like, you know what? We finally ca- caught a break. We finally caught a break facing at- Atalanta. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe we can catch another one in, in, in yeah. Leipzig in there. But, oh, you know, but I would like to see Atletico just because that's, that's, that's a heavyweight fight. And, and, and I'm, and, I'm, and I just want to, you know, I guess, yeah. I, I guess for me, I don't want, you know, although they're going to still be there, people are going to say, well, look at how you pay, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I think I just want one one club where they where we can say, you know what, look, we beat Atletico, you know, so. But, but yeah, it, I think I would like to see that matchup with uh, Tuco and, and Simeone. It would, it would you know, it, it makes for good TV. Yeah, offense versus defense. And people forget, PSG did not have a regular season to wrap up like all these other teams. Anybody they play is going to be difficult. They just didn't have the warm-up game. So PSG, you know, you wouldn't think they're kind of an underdog in a lot of these games. So a lot to look forward to. Like I said, um, Mark and I are going to do a a 1970 podcast tomorrow. We'll talk more about this game. Um, But before we wrap up, James, how can people find you on Twitter if they want to reach out to you? Uh, You can find me at at Teague13. Absolutely. And uh, Eddie, how can people find you? Uh, at underscore Eddie Rosso, and obviously Ed, tell people to check the website out because we're pushing a lot of content out. Yeah, everyone, you can find me at PSG Talk. Visit PSGTalk.com. Eddie is the man. He's crushing it. You know, we talked about the media. Everyone's being negative, but there's a lot of PSG fans out there, and they're coming to our site, and we're seeing it, and the numbers are showing it. Eddie's a big reason why. James is doing awesome with the podcast. We've got an excellent team of contributors, so thank you everyone for contributing. Thank you everyone for listening and uh, we'll catch you on the next show. Thanks everyone.